It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. In the throes of an absolutely fantastic sports weekend, tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for November the 9th. We have got so much going on today. We're in the middle of things. We had some great Missouri district action last night on the high school scene for football. We've got two huge Illinois high school playoff games coming this afternoon between Quincy Notre Dame and Beardstown at Athens and Camp Point Central, both of them in the viewing area today. So if you're looking for something to do, 2 o'clock this afternoon, great football to be watched. We've got state cross country going on in both Columbia and in Peoria. We're waxing and waning the college football season, and we are at the start of the college basketball season. Kind of that advent where among the really good early storylines, the rise of Culver Stockton women's basketball, they took Western Illinois last night to the limit in an exhibition game. And we're going to talk with Jeanette Bergen, the head coach of the Lady Wildcats, about her new recruiting class, her returning nucleus, and a really special moment for her last night uh, over at Western Hall as well with a former friend and coach and colleague in J.D. Gravina. Also coming up, we're going to talk a little football with Ethan Allen, the head coach of the Clark County Indians, whose team is on to the district finals by virtue of a big win last night over the Macon Tigers. That game last night saw Clark County take down Macon and advance 52-14 to in Cahoka. Sam Wheeler doing the deed last night at quarterback for the Indians, 7 of 11 passing for 169 yards and five touchdowns. Two touchdowns each to Gabe Hunziker and Delane Summers. Caleb Lapsley also rushed for a pair of touchdowns a one-yarder and a 91-yarder that needs to be seen to be believed. And so Clark County, your number one seed in Class 2 District 6, advances to host the Palmyra Panthers, who avenged an earlier loss two weeks ago to Monroe City in the Mayor's Cup and won last night 44-22 to to end Monroe City's season. Great offensive showings last night for the Panthers from Dakota Compton, who had 148 rushing yards and a touchdown, and Quarter Lenbauer, who had 10 of 17 passing last night for 151 yards and three touchdowns. So it will be Palmyra versus Clark County in Cahoka, 7 o'clock coming up on Friday night. And for that, we will again talk to Ethan Allen, get an early preview for you of the big showdown. Seems like every other year, maybe every two years, it's Palmyra and Clark County in the district, and it's always fun, and I guarantee you that one will be as well. A little bit of a shocker last night, also in Class 2, District 5, a Centralia's undefeated run comes to an end to Christian 46-40 to 40 last night was the Panthers' first loss of the season, and they ran into a quarterback who's getting looks from Michigan State, who threw for over 500 yards and five touchdowns against the Centralia defense. Last night, they gave up 46 points. Prior to that, they had given up just 68 points all season long. That's how good that Christian team was. They were just the four seed in that district, which tells you the strength of the schedule they played. Better news now, Class 4, District 4 last night. The Hannibal Pirates advance. They take down St. Dominic after kind of a sluggish start, rallying to win 40-15 to on the night. Damian French, 27 carries, 157 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. Cortland Watson, the outstanding sophomore quarterback, 9 of 17 passing for 125 and a touchdown. He also rushed the ball 104 yards and three touchdowns as well. So on the other side of that bracket, Hannibal was the two seed. Hannibal will travel on Friday for the district championship to Wentzville Liberty, who knocked off Kirksville last night 35-6. to 
Class 1, District 8, Scotland County season comes to a surprising halt last night at the hands of a very good Putnam County midget defense. 29 to nothing was your final. Did not see that one coming. Scotland County has been an offensive juggernaut all season long, but the midgets oust the number one seed in that district. Also, we're done in Class 1 football, as in Class 1, District 8 semifinal action at Mocaine last night or excuse me, District 6 action at Mocaine last night. South Shelby loses to South Callaway in a thriller. 43-36 to was your final there. We do have eight-man football still on the board. The North Shelby Raiders avenged an earlier loss two weeks ago to Oric, and they do it in dashing fashion last night. 54-6 to was your final. Remember, North Shelby lost to Oric 38-33 just two weeks ago, so North Shelby is advancing on to Southwest Livingston to play for a district title next Friday. Big story last night was Dayton Metis, the outstanding quarterback. Four rushing touchdowns, 185 yards on the ground. Ethan Geisendorfer had 192 rushing yards as well as the Raider defense Hold strong last night, holding Oric to just 98 total rushing yards on the evening. We also had some college basketball last night in the GMAC GLVC Challenge. Quincy University took them three overtimes, but they got the job done last night, winning 112 to 104. Again, Tanner Stuckman, monster night last night for the Hawks. 28 points, 11 rebounds. He certainly stuffed the shat, the, uh, Stat sheet last night is he also, I think, had seven assists to go along with that. So he did a little bit of everything. John Wood playing at home in there. Fairfield in Classic. A loss last night to Arkansas Mid-South, 84-75. Aaron Shoot with 12 points. The Blazers are back in action this afternoon and playing a really good Milwaukee area team that they faced in the national tournament just last year. Women's college basketball, as I mentioned off the top, exhibition game. Culver Stockton goes to Western Illinois and loses 76-82. to That is a great showing for an NAIA team against the Division One college basketball team that nearly took out Mizzou this week. Jada Summers, the freshman out of Monroe City, had 19 points and six rebounds in the loss for Culver Stockton. The John Wood women struggling again today, or uh, last night I should say, against Kirkwood, losing 77-40, to but that's a really good nationally ranked Kirksville team as well. And as I mentioned, off the top, we have amazing, amazing high school football pairings today. Beardstown and Q&D meeting for the first time since 1997 out at Advanced Physical Therapy Field at 10th and Jackson, expecting a full house and a great football game, a chance to see two of the most prolific offenses in all of Tri-State football, and then a slugfest, a family affair in Camp Point at 2 o'clock as well as Athens comes in to take on Camp Point Central. All right, we're going to talk a little Missouri football when we come back with Ethan Allen, the head coach of the Clark County Indians. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. And welcome back, everybody. It was a most impressive and emphatic victory last night for the Clark County Indians against Macon 52-14 to in Cahoka. District semifinals as Ethan Allen's Indians move on to the district finals, which they will host. And first of all, Ethan got a chance to watch that first quarter last night. You forced four turnovers. You talked about being aggressive and, and coming in and, and making a statement. How pleased were you with the way your defense kind of responded and kind of took any momentum early? away from Macon's offense. Yeah, I was really proud with how we played. You know, uh, Coach Plinge put a huge emphasis this week on taking the ball away. You know, we really, uh, you know, our guys really took that to heart. And I thought we did. I mean, we definitely did a great job of doing that and, and uh, you know, making plays when they were there, making some plays that, you know, weren't really expected. You know, Ch- Caleb with the chase from behind and, and knocking it out. You know, uh, Connor had the early pick. It was just a good way to start the game for us defensively, and we did. 
you know, what we needed to do offensively to, to capitalize on those turnovers too. Now, now you knew coming back into that that Blake Class was back, and that makes making a very different football team. You kind of harassed him and got in, uh, in on him early and kind of got him shaken. That was pretty critically important to kind of the way you approached that offense, I would think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we knew we were going to have to get to him at times and, and uh, you know, to, to limit what he did because he was very mobile. I think he still had about 100 yards rushing and, and you know, almost double that passing maybe. But uh, we, uh, you know, I thought we did a good job of containing him. I thought that, that uh, you know, we were very separated. Our back half stayed in coverage and our, our guys in the middle um, and up front did a good job of putting pressure on him. So we, we did a really good job of executing the game plan. Um, and and uh, staying focused on what we needed to do uh, to make stops, and and that uh, worked out. I'll get to your offense in a second, but I need to talk to you about Trevor Shore and, and the way he played both ways, obviously, because anybody who watched our highlights last night saw the monster block he threw on, on Blake Class last night. But he was just seemingly a man possessed on both sides of the football. And, and for people who don't follow or just read conference, you know, all conference teams, he's been as good as anybody in your conference both ways as a two-way player this year and doesn't really get enough credit. What does Trevor Shore mean to your football team? Yeah, he was definitely a man on a mission last night. Um, you know, just just him getting us into the game, you know, and making plays like that. I thought our sideline, man, we were phenomenal last night of uh, just being behind the guys. And, uh, you know, it was a really, really fun environment to coach in. Yeah, he he sets the tone of the game of, of it being physical uh, with his size and his speed, athletic ability. You know, he definitely is a force. Um yeah, I, I thought he played absolutely phenomenal last night. He's, you know, like you said, he's played really, really good for us all year. Um, you know, just his leadership, he doesn't have to say anything. It's just in his performance and what he does, and that's kind of how he gets people going. Um, you know, a lot, lot to be said as far as that goes, just a leader by example. Uh, yeah, he, he's been, been really, really good all year. Last night, man, I thought, I thought maybe it was his best performance of the year. Hard to say, though. I mean, he's played really good in, in a lot of games. It's it's probably the stupidest question I'll ask you, Ethan, but you worked hard to earn that home field advantage throughout the district, and, and you had to feel that last night because the crowd was into it too. Your sideline was into it. You're in your stadium and your digs, which is an absolutely beautiful facility, and, and there is a really good built-in home field advantage to that for you. That, that, that cannot be taken very lightly, can it? Yeah, you know, we always have good crowds. We have a great environment to play in. Um, yeah, I, I thought that that was huge last night. Uh, you know, everybody was into the game. We were kind of quick and we got going there early. Sideline got behind us, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just really good. We got going and, and, uh, you know, how we played, we just kind of fed off each other and, and led to, you know, a, a great, a great, you know, way to start the game, like you said, and then finish the deal. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of touched on it earlier the last time we talked to you. You know, Sam Wheeler has become a really nice passing threat for you. And he did have the hiccup in the second quarter with a couple of picks. But other than that, probably as clean and well-managed as a game as we've seen from him. And he was hitting different receivers. You had two different guys who had caught two touchdown passes apiece. His ability to see the field and distribute the ball has risen amazingly since that first week. Yeah, he he played really good uh, last night. You know, the one the one interception was fourth down and ended up picking it, which you know it was the same difference as a punt. So that one really, you know, it was it was fourth down anyway. It wasn't that big a deal to me. I think the other one kind of slipped out of his hand. Uh, you know, he he's been really really clean uh, since week two. So I, I was really really you know those, those two picks looked bad. You know, on his on his stats, but 
overall, gosh, I thought he played really, really good. Um, you know, making reads, getting guys the ball, and then, you know, those guys, after they caught it, were going and making plays. He did distribute the ball really, really well last night. Uh, you know, we put a lot of a lot of pressure on him in the run game, too, of making reads and, and knowing where to go with the ball. thought he did a phenomenal job with that. Uh, we had the one option to Caleb on the edge for a big game. So, yeah, he, he's been really, really solid. He's so smart. And like you said, he does a good job of seeing the field and knowing where to go with the ball. Uh, the first touchdown he gave, you know, was was a great throw and catch. He put the ball in the only spot that Gabe could catch it and be in bounds, and Gabe made a great play on it for a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, he's been a really, really good piece. To, uh, you know, we've got some great receivers, and we haven't used them a lot just because we have, you know, a great running game in Caleb and, and Spencer. Uh, you know, Macon did a good job last night of kind of limiting what we did uh, in the run game. So, you know, we, we, were, we were confident with what we could do in the passing game, and it definitely showed that we could be successful that way too. You did have Caleb, you said, limited a bit, but he did have that 91-yarder. Has he lost his ability to surprise you with, with the things he can do? Because he must have been uh, between eight to nine different tacklers, none of which who ever got, like, a solid piece of him on that run. Yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, talk about whatever, you know, superhuman, whatever. I mean, he just makes things happen. He, he's crazy. Uh, you know, there's always, it seems like we have one of those plays like that a game where it looks like he's bottled up, looks like he's going to get tackled, and then he makes somebody miss or he breaks away from a tackle and then, you know, gets in the open field. When he's open in the open field, uh, you know, we feel pretty confident that he's probably going to take it to the house just to, with his speed. Um, you know, he's tough. He's gritty. I think that that, you know, people don't say that enough about him. You know, yeah, he's fast, but, gosh, he, he's so tough and, and just keeps going, keeps working. Um, yeah, the 91-yarder the last night was – I, I would I would say I was surprised, but I've seen it for three years now, and I really wasn't. I mean, he, he just does stuff like that, and he's a great player. Makes you look good as a coach, you know. Makes it uh, pretty easy to call an offense sometimes, and you know you can call your most basic play, and he's, it, it's got the chance to take it to the house from you know wherever on the field. So he's a great player. I thought our line did a really good job on that play, in particular of working downfield and getting some extra blocks, though that that. Uh, you know, that were there. There were still some guys that, you know, he broke away, and, and uh, yeah, he, he's a great player. Let's talk a little bit about Palmyra coming up because this is kind of a different Palmyra team than the one you saw a couple of weeks ago. Quarter Lindbauer has been sort of playing out of his mind other than that first half against uh, Monroe City. He's, he really has looked good. They've got Dakota Compton back healthy. They're doing some nice things on defense. Uh, you guys have had some great tussles over the years, you and Coach Miles, in these, these district-type championship games. Uh, I can't imagine that there's going to be anything easy on either side of the ledger come Friday night for anybody. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a hard-fought game. Uh, they're always physical. They always have good schemes. They're, they're really sound in what they do. Um, we're going to have to be ready to defend the pass, and then when, when Porter does break through and run, we're going to have to be ready to come up and tackle. Um, you know, kind of being that separated, guys up front playing the run, guys in the back playing the pass. we got to do a better job on A-Pair. He killed us the last time we played him. Had uh, you know, a phenomenal game and, and quite a few touchdowns. Uh, we'll have to be ready to, to stay on top of him and, and make sure that we're putting in coverage, having our eyes right. Uh, you know, offensively for us, they do a lot of different things defensively with blitzes and movement. Um, we're going to have to be able to communicate up front and, and know where we need to go every play. And, and uh, you know, being being extremely physical back at them, they're going to be physical to us. We know that it'll, it'll be a 
really hard-fought game. They're going to do some different things in the special team, which I think they showed last night. You know, they, they're always doing something, keeping people on their toes. So we'll have to be awake and ready for, for anything that they're going to throw at us. Well, great job last night to you and your staff and your kids and your crowd. It was certainly fun to watch. A little cold, but fun to watch. And we're looking forward for a big Friday. So best of luck to you and the Indians moving forward through the district championship game on Friday night. Thanks, Ethan. Hey, appreciate it, sir. Thanks. And when we come back, we're going to talk some Culver Stockton women's basketball. They have been so fun to watch in the early season with Jeanette Bergen straight ahead. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. And we're going to take it to the hill now and talk to Jeanette Bergen. Always fun to talk Wildcat basketball with Jeanette Bergen. And Culver Stockton is off to a fantastic start in the early season. Uh, last night, an exhibition game at Western Illinois. And before I get into your team, Coach Bergen, and kind of where you're at and the con- construct of who you are, really special moment last night on the sidelines at Western Hall with J.D. Gravina. And caught a nice hug between the two of you on camera last night. What did it kind of mean for you to have that moment because we talked to JD last week and he was really excited about having you up oh absolutely you know anytime you get to um go back and play in front of coaches in front of teammates and and people like that it's just one of a kind you don't get those opportunities very often uh we all know in the coaching world it's all about connections and uh he's one of those guys that um you know we when you first got the job, it was a little butting, butting of heads because obviously it wasn't uh, Coach Jess, but um, J.D. Is, is a great guy. I learned a ton from him, and quite honestly, the way we run our offense uh, here at Culver Stockton is very similar to what uh, I got a chance to play for him. You know, So it was a great moment to be able to go in and uh, play against him. You know, It's always a little bit of fun, a little bit com- competitive rivalry there uh, whenever you get a chance to do something like that. Well, it was a super competitive rivalry last night. You guys, your kids were playing on what? One day's rest, if that, if you want to call it that, after playing Hannibal LaGrange, you go up to Western Hall and you jump out to the early lead on the Division One Leathernecks and look fantastic for much of that game. How pleased were you with the young ladies' play last night and the way they were kind of able to battle and scrap against a team that, you know, you weren't supposed to beat? Yeah, you know, these girls, I think the the senior class is doing a great job of leading the way for us. Uh, they are coming off of last year where they, they felt like they, they fell short. Um, and I think that that's what's motivating them. They, they have the work ethic. They're, they're going in there. They know who can do what. And I think that's the biggest key that we've been focusing on the last year or two is just do what you can control. Um, and, and last night they, they went out there and they just played basketball. You know, they had fun with it. They didn't have anything to lose. They had everything to gain. You know, and I think that's, um, for this group of young ladies, uh, that, I think that's what they're gonna do all year long is they're gonna surprise some people. Uh, we're gonna fall short on other areas, but at the same time, as long as they stay together, they, they have so much fun, uh, after the, after the game, just hearing the laughter and the, The camaraderie was uh, really nice to see on a game like that. You did a really good uh, job in the offseason, obviously recruiting, some big splashes locally, and and you've done a nice job really grafting that group of new players to, as you mentioned, a senior nucleus, a couple of really good juniors coming back as well. Mm -hmm. How much fun has that been kind of just to kind of nuance this, Jeanette? And, And the bigger thing is kind of is this the deepest team you've had so far in terms of roster construction? 
Yeah, it is definitely the deepest. I think that um, you we'd have to go back three, three, four years ago when we had our back-to-back 21 seasons, um, and those groups were good, but I, I don't think we had the depth chart that we have now. Uh, yeah, we're only able to have 13 on our roster this year, but I love the 13 that we have. We we can have two or three people in the depth chart in each position this year, and I've never had that. Um, but that it's to attest that the, I mean, obviously the two freshmen, local freshmen that we we picked up, um, they know how to win. They are hungry. They're aggressive. They are those type of players that they don't like to lose, and they'll figure out ways to win. And just their work ethic is impeccable. You can't ask for two better freshmen to come in and and help you out in that that realm. You know, so when you had two freshmen like Jada Summers and like Hugenberg, and then you go out and find two transfers when you only lose two seniors last year, I mean, that makes a huge difference uh, game to game. What stands out to me, too, is in the early season, you mentioned the two freshmen, but you've had a different leading scorer, it seems like, every single night. And you've got about Mm -hmm. a nucleus of seven or eight girls who can potentially lead you in scoring on a giving night. And that's got to be really fun to know that you have these different outputs for scoring this season where you're not struggling to find like an alpha scorer. You've got some natural shot creation going on. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm i a true believer you have to have balanced scoring. If you don't have balanced scoring, one game, the, the scouting reports get tougher and tougher, especially this day and age. The game is changing. Everybody is getting every every advantage that they can get. So the fact that these girls have the confidence in knowing what they do well and they're, they're doing their job, uh, it can be – we could have potentially every single game a different leading score. You know, and that's pretty exciting uh, to see that as a coach, but it's also a little nerve-wracking as a coach because you, you don't know which game it's going to be for that person. Um, but I think that as long as the buy-in factor is there from every single player, coaching staff, and we just stick to what we know and do well, we'll do just fine. You mentioned your offense is a little bit like Western Illinois and a little bit like JD's, and that that puts a big emphasis on threes, and you can shoot it from the outside. I've got to ask you, because in construction, rebounding looks like it's going to be the most critical tipping point for you because you have a little bit of size, but you're not the biggest team in the world. How critical is that for you, kind of the team rebound, everybody hand in to kind kind of fill in the crevices, Jeanette? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, rebounding is always going to be a concern for us just because everybody looks at our size and they're, they're, they look at us and they're like, man, you only have one, one six footer and everybody else is five, ten or lower. Uh, but I look at it as the, the fact that it's about willpower and effort and how much you want it. Because, I mean, look at Jada Summers last night. She had nine rebounds um, against a very, very talented Western Illinois team. And being 5'8 and still getting nine rebounds in a game like that, that's huge. And coming off of last year where we had uh, Ryan Dooley, Carly Harper, um, Courtney Saylor, Peyton Curley, those, those guys right there are all guards. Five nine and lower, and they're averaging four or five rebounds a game. You know, as long as we gain rebound, we'll be just fine. Well, Jeanette, fantastic job in the early season thus far. If anybody has not yet seen Culver Stockton, you're going to have plenty of opportunities this winter, but they are legitimately fun to watch, one of the great watches in our area. So congratulations so far on the early success. Keep it going, Coach Bergen. 
Thank you so much for having me this morning. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. And when we come back, actually, we're all done here on the Saturday morning ticket. We're running out of time. We're getting into the big throws of the day. I've lost track of it. We've the lack of sleep. I blame that. Hey, I'm ready to do another segment, but we don't have another segment. So we'll come back here next Saturday. We'll talk some playoff football with you. Hopefully we have a few teams still left, and obviously we've got Missouri District Championships to ascertain and to say for you next week as well. That's it for me, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you tonight at KHQA on Overtime. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.